Blog Talk Radio. Okay, you're so excited. Oh, okay. It's all good.
Glory to God. I'm so excited tonight to be on with my two beautiful, amazing sisters in Christ to welcome them on tonight. Tonight's broadcast is pioneering the frontier, and what a powerful program these beautiful ladies have lined up tonight with Pastor Matthew Allen, and the title within itself is such a testimony from prison to pulpit, and in preparing tonight's broadcast, the enemy was attacking, but I kept rebuking. I know God's got great plans for this broadcast tonight, and I was so blessed seeing the ministry work he does through the pictures that Jennifer sent me. So I welcome everyone on tonight. Be praying for a broadcast tonight, and we're declaring no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and we're just inviting the Holy Spirit on, reaching out Radio International. I welcome everyone on, and I turn it over to my beautiful sister in Christ, Jennifer and Lisey, and I'm excited about your program tonight, ladies, and I love you both and appreciate you both so much. I'm just excited. I got the fair to joy tonight, and I'm blessed to be a part and here with you tonight. Amen. Thank you, Montel. We're excited to be on tonight as well, and just we got the spirit of joy. We've been feeling it. Um all week, we've just been excited about this broadcast. Um, we heard bits of his testimony, um, Pastor Matt's testimony when he was on the prayer line with us. And um, it is just an honor. It's just really an honor to be on with you guys. And um, it's an honor to serve alongside Jennifer. This is Lisey, by the way. So um, it's just an honor to serve alongside her and just to be a part of this, to be on with you. is just amazing, Montel. We, uh, we appreciate you. We honor you for um, you know, allowing us to have you know, have this time and um, just to showcase some of these powerful people and what God has done in their life. So it's, it's an honor and a blessing to be on. And I'll turn it over to Jennifer. I think she's still on with us. Her mic's open. Jennifer, are you there? Let's see. Well... Let me see. Could she possibly? Let me see on the message. I told you there's been technical difficulties tonight. The enemy's been I'm, trying to attack. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> and then I looked at my phone. I was like, I just had technical difficulties. My phone's on mute. <laughs> so oh. So I'm over here rebuking the devil and your phone's on mute. That's right. That's right. So thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for that, that impartation of joy. Hallelujah. No technical difficulties. Just remember. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just remember the hair color comes from a box. Anyways. Um, so, Martin, where are you going? to have you on with us tonight like I was saying or trying to say um, we went to a church today we were asked to come 
and prayed with a, a, um, a pastor and his wife. They're opening up a new church, and it was just such an amazing time. Um, it's a spirit-filled church. I have been praying for this, and I know several people in our community have been praying for a spirit-filled uh, uh, like hub or church or, you know, wh- where there's no labels, where we're all the same, where it's a unity in the community. And we were able to go there today and that glory just fell and we prayed for one another. And even though church wasn't open, we had church. So that's just kind of continued on. So we're excited to have you. And I'm, I'm just so, so filled with that joy right now to have you and, and that extending over. So, um, Matthew, we have so many questions uh, to ask. Um, so why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about your back history? Like, tell us a little bit about your childhood, like where you grew up and, and your back history. I grew up a little all over the place. I travel, We traveled a lot. But uh, I'd say mainly I grew up in uh, Yuma, Arizona. That's where I that's why I lived a lot of my life in Southern California, both places. We tended to move oh. around a lot because my dad would be in prison in different places, and that's where we'd go. Oh, okay. So is there, like, a God story that you had? Like, is there a God story that you like to tell other people to encourage them? Absolutely. I mean, I believe, you know, Romans eight twenty eight played – played through my whole life growing up. You know, I didn't really know God until I became until I really became in my thirties. But uh I, I'd say everything I experienced in life led me to where I'm at right now so that I could be hands and feet of Jesus, hitting the highways and the byways, giving people love with no stipulations. Mm, amen. I tell you what I like about I love when you introduce yourself and you tell people who you are. Why don't you tell us who you are and just give your introduction? Because you say one certain thing and every time I hear it, my spirit leaps. Is when you when you identify yourself as a certified Jesus freak. So just give us a give us an introduction to Pastor Matt and your ministry. Well I run a ministry, uh, God bless me and my wife Angela Allen with a ministry called Sold Out for Jesus Ministries. It's just that we're sold out to the fullest. We're certified Jesus freaks through and through, bold and unapologetic on my face. And, uh, you know, it's just a complete radical transformation. Because when I was in the street, I was full throttle in the street and uh, all in. And then some the gospel with me, and I'm all in to the streets and the homies, all in for Jesus and the kingdom of God. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, I love to hear about radical changes um, because there, I'm sure there are people listening today um, that have maybe not had the experiences that we have had with Jesus, that they're they're in those dark places and they don't understand the, the radical changes that can happen inside of us when we just meet him, how somebody can go from prison to pulpit and how, um, you know, how when Jesus steps on the scene and we accept him into our heart, what he really does on the inside of us, like for me, for instance, I went 
from being a, a drug a drug addict for 26 years off and on to overnight being delivered from addiction just because I accepted Jesus into my heart and decided to follow him. So why don't you tell us um, the radical change, how the day you met Jesus when you knew, okay, something has happened, the old me has changed, the new me is here, and now, now I'm going to follow Jesus. And just give us that little story about being in prison and coming out. I'll, I'll just give my testimony. It kind of all goes together. Yeah. That was my third time in prison, so my last time. So I think it all kind of um, coincides and goes together. So, you know, growing up, uh, I didn't really have a father figure in my life. My dad was in and out locked up a lot. This was a healthy relationship. And uh, my mom gave me up for drugs when I was a baby while my dad was in prison, so I went right into foster care. And then um, finally my grandma... Tried to, got me out of foster care, tried to kind of lift me up and try to do the best she can do, but she was limited. You know, my grandma was older. She just couldn't handle me, really. And I was so broken. At the time, I didn't realize it, but I had so many underlying um, issues from not having a dad, not having a mom. And uh, I never, like I said, I never thought of it at the time, but at the time, I just, like, I hated everybody and I hated the world, so... Um, with that being said, I just continued to live a fast life, you know, started getting mixed up with gangs and drugs. And, you know, when I was 11 years old, I got my first felony. Um, and then when I was 14 years old, I sent away to juvenile prison in Phoenix, Arizona. And, uh, upon releasing from juvenile prison, I moved to Portland, Oregon with my uncle. Um, he was a Christian, and they thought that, you know, maybe if I had a, a guy in my life that I would, uh, you know, have some positive influence on I might respect. The problem is, is I didn't respect nobody, and I didn't even respect myself. And uh, you can move anywhere, but if you're not done, it doesn't matter. And I wasn't done doing what I did, so I just met up with some more homeboys and started living the fast life. And uh, I went to prison in Idaho. I, I ended up getting incarcerated in Idaho. And... Uh, Paroled from there and went back to Portland, and then I ended up uh, continuing to live a life of destruction. And uh, truthfully, like it wasn't destruction to me. You don't know no better. I, I like I I just it it was just all I knew, so I just kept pushing. And then uh, in 2005, the best thing that ever happened to me happened, and uh, God allowed me to get 12 uh, 12 years in prison day for day. And at the time, obviously, I didn't think that was a God thing. As a matter of fact, I felt when I went to prison in 2005, they gave me 17 years. And, uh, you know, at the time, I thought my life was over. What am I going to do? But I, I always had that mentality that I didn't, I could not care. It was very easy for me not to care because I'd been numb for so long from all the underlying issues and hurts that I felt in childhood from not having my parents, from, um, from using drugs and just abusing just all over the place, all over the board, I was abusing everything. And uh, so I was just so numb. So even though I got that 17 years, it was easy for me to be like, well, whatever. I'm going to make the best of my situation. And then I get to prison. I get to the penitentiary. And I felt like, man, this is like a family reunion. All my homeboys I haven't seen in years are locked up. So I just kept going in the flow. I didn't, you know, a lot of people go to county jail, you know, find Jesus for a time and then, you know, fall off or find Jesus. And it sticks. But for me, I just kept living the life that I knew. Um and then towards nine years into my prison sentence, something happened. I was in a 23-hour 23, 23 and a half lockdown. 
for close to two years. And in that time, 15 minutes to the yard, 15 minutes to the shower, double shackles, double cops. It was, it was because of my affiliation. And uh, in that time, at the time, I thought it was me. But in that time, I decided that I wanted to do something better. You know, I was sitting there all kinds of time to think. And I was just like, man, I can't keep doing this. Like, I got to do something different. This isn't working for me. And at the time, I thought it was myself. I see now that God was, you know, changing my heart even though I didn't even realize it was him doing it. And so I made the decision when I was in that lockdown that I was going to make a change. And I went out to Mainline. Finally, they released me from that lockdown. I went to Mainline, and I fell right back into what I knew. And I started gangbanging still and hanging out with my homeboys and living that life. Well, <clears throat> in that time, a few months went by, and I, I was in my cell one day, and I was just like, man, I got to do something different. Like, what am I doing? I'm falling right back in the same pattern. Before you know it, I'm going to be back to lockdown. And I was like, man, I got to do something different. So anybody that's ever been locked up knows that walking away from the gang lifestyle, especially the Hispanic organization I was a part of, is frowned upon and, and life-threatening in a lot of ways. But I had it in my head that I was just going to – I didn't even care. My pride, you know, I was like, whatever the outcome, I'm just going to handle it. And so I stepped away from my organization that I was part of, my affiliation. And uh, shortly after I stepped away, it was all God. Like, they didn't take they didn't take me out. They didn't do nothing like that. Um, and I ended up getting shipped to another prison. And when I get to this other prison, I run into a lifer that I knew from previous prison yards doing time. And he used to be a, a – he was an a, a, a African-American brother, and he used to be a blood. So when I seen him – I seen a familiar face. He sees me. We start talking, and he tells me, he says, uh, you know, he tells me he's a Christian now. And I looked at him like he was crazy because I was like, come on, man. Last time I seen you, you were a black Muslim. How the heck do you go from black Islam to Christian, man? You know Jesus was right, right, white, right, homie? He starts laughing. He goes, man, we got to talk. And I was like, look, bro, I'm not into it. Don't preach at me. I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm doing my own program. And he was like, I respect that. And uh, at this yard that I got transferred to, m most of my rivals from my old affiliations, they were at this prison. So he was trying to thought I was crazy. You know, he was like, are you either crazy for being here or you're uh, you're looking for trouble, you know? And I was just like, look, or stupid. And I was like, look, man, I'm just going to do my own program. If something happens, it does, but I'm just going to keep going. But when I went back to my cell, I couldn't help but think about how this guy went from hate Whitey to share, to – I'm a Christian now, Jesus, and I'm just like, what happened? And, you know, in my ignorance, I was very I was very uh, interested. And so I ended up talking to this guy about Jesus, and I ended up not – I ended up trying to debunk Christianity because he had told me if I can prove that the Bible isn't reliable or if I could prove the Bible was, was fallible or Jesus wasn't the truth, if I could show some kind of error, inconsistency, he would quit reading the Bible. So I had it in my heart. My heart was to prove that Christianity was fake. So I hit him with everything I'd ever heard. I hit him with uh, there's contradictions in the Bible. I hit him that the Bible was written by men. How do you know God wrote it? I mean, I did everything. I, Jesus, did he die on a stake like the Jehovah Witnesses say? What makes them wrong from Christianity? How do you know it was a cross? And I, every time I hit this guy with a question, he had such an in-depth answer Later on, I found out that he was an apologist. He used to study Ravi Zacharias and Norman Geisler books. So this guy always had an in-depth answer for me. 
which left me leaving going, dang, I got to come up with something better. So one day I was sitting there and I was thinking and I was like, wait a minute. I remember a Christian being asked if dinosaurs were in the Bible. And the Christian could not answer the question about dinosaurs being in the Bible. So I thought, man, I got this, dude. So I went to a strong concordance because I wanted to make sure that I was uh, prepared. And I went down the letter D, and I couldn't find dinosaur. And I thought in my head, I got this, dude. I got him. I, pro- I, found, a, I found an inconsistency in error. So I went out to the yard with my head held high, my chest out, thinking that I got this dude debunked. And as soon as I walk up to him, I tell him, hey, Anthony, man, do you believe in dinosaurs, man? I mean, they've dug them up and stuff. And he goes, absolutely. And I was like, yeah, I got them. And so I said, hey, man, if dinosaurs are in the Bible, where are they? And I said, don't tell me in Genesis with the beasts and all. I want to know why dinosaurs aren't in the Bible. And he asked me a question. And typically when Anthony asked me a question back, I was going to be, he was going to get me. He was going to prove that he was right and I was wrong. So he said, let me ask you a question. And I was like, yeah, what's going on, man? And he says, when do you think the word dinosaur came about? And my heart dropped. And I was like, oh, man. I didn't think about it. I started thinking. I was like, I don't know. He goes, do you think that was written in the Hebrew, the Greek, Aramaic, or do you think that was written in English? It's a modern word. And I was like, this dude got me. And I was like, man, are there dinosaurs in the Bible? He says, let's just look up what a Leviathan looks like. And I'm like, a Leviathan? What? And so we go to Isaiah, and it describes the Leviathan with the plates on his back. Everything it describes sounded like a dinosaur to me. And I thought when I read that, I was like, this guy got to be kidding me. He, he has an answer for everything. And I was like, man, if everybody knew the answers that this guy has, everyone would be saved. There ain't, what, we always hear blind faith. There ain't no blind faith. There's nothing blind about believing in God. It takes more faith not to believe in God than to believe in God. So I went back to my cell, and I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. So I looked up to the ceiling, closed my eyes, and I was like, hey, Jesus. And I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know no sinner's prayers or none of that stuff. I just was real. And so I just told the Lord, like, what's up, homie? I might have dropped a couple, you know, cuss words in my, my sentence. You know, I just, I was just being real with God, like, show me. Like, if you're for real, man, don't play with me. What's up? And uh, my eyes were closed, and I opened, remember opening one eye, looking around and thinking, Man, the walls aren't shaking. The, the the there's no you know the door didn't open. There's no glitter coming from the sky. Like man, I think I was just talking to the wall right now. So what I ended up doing is going to the bed. Going to bed, I was like, man, this is fake. And I and I went to sleep. Problem is, something did happen. Right and as soon as I prayed that prayer, man, the Holy Spirit consumed me, and I didn't know it. But I just found out very shortly that He did. And so right after I, I woke up the next day and I started going about my business, man, I'd say within the next couple of weeks, I realized I had emotions. I had feelings. I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't experienced these emotions and feelings in all my life, but something was happening within me. So I was like, man, I started kind of tripping out. And I started watching this TV show with my, my cellmate, and I started crying. And I was thinking in my head, I haven't cried in t- over 10 years, man. What is wrong with me? I said, man, I think I'm having a panic attack. I think I'm institutionalized. I think I need to go to the psych nurse and get some medication. There's something wrong with me. I'm all of a sudden caring about people. I have compassion. I'm, you know, man, what's there's some, there has to be something wrong with me. So I signed up for med med call, man. I was gonna go to med, to talk to the nurse. So I was crazy, and uh, I ended up seeing Anthony on the yard, and, and he was like, man, where have you been, man? You kind of been, you know, 
hiding out, and I was like, dude, there's something wrong with me. I said, I think I'm, I think I'm, uh, I'm having an anxiety attack or something, man. I think I'm institutionalized, bro. I don't know. And he was like, man, what's going on? Talk to me. So I just told him what was going on. He started laughing. I remember getting offended, like, man, you think it's funny, bro? Like, what's up? And he was like, no, bro. It's called sanctification, man. And I was like, I can't even spell that, bro. He's like, look, man, right now, man, as soon as you surrender to the Lord that night in the cell, man, you were real, man. Jesus came into your heart, bro. The Holy Spirit's working all these things out of you. He said, have you been reading your Bible? I said, man, I haven't been doing nothing. He's like, bro, keep reading your Bible, man. It'll change your life. So from that day forward, man, nine years into my sentence, I started going full throttle for the Lord. He just started speaking to my heart. I started reading my first one of my first books I read outside of the Bible was uh, by Rabbi Zacharias, Jesus Among Gods, Other Gods, and that book changed my life, man. All the all the truths about Jesus and how Christianity, the the Jesus of the Bible, man, that's what separates us from every other faith based system. And uh, I did, my life was just changed. So that's that's how my radical transformation kind of took place, man. And uh, I, I haven't been the same since, and that's why I'm so on fire for the Lord, man. He, he delivered me. He transformed my my mind. He transformed my heart. I've never been the same. Mm. We're in the messenger. I don't know if you saw, but we were over here saying like, we're you ha- always ha- every time I hear your testimony, it just brings tears to my eyes. It's like hearing it all over again, and just you you just the way you describe it and the way you talk about how you know, you came in contact with this person and then they were gone and then they came back and they had been changed and you talked to him and then you were changed. And, you know, it's just so amazing what what can happen when we just take one small step of faith and surrender our lives to the Lord and how mm-hmm. in that one small step of surrender, of obedience, so some people will think that it's sacrifice, right? Oh, I got to sacrifice this and I got to sacrifice that. And, oh, man, I can't do this no more and I can't do that no more. But once yeah. you really truly surrender, it's not as painful as you think. You actually start wanting to give that stuff up, you know? Well, you, you start desiring my, more. Yeah. My experience is that, you know, for instance, we just had this festival recently, and we went out and set up a prayer tent. We're praying for people, and I led this guy yeah. to the Lord. When we started talking to this brother, he told me, hey, man, I got a I got a 12-pack in my back, bro. I've been drinking. And my response to him was like, that's okay. And you should have seen his eyes. He was like, what? I don't care if you drink, man. Let's just pray, bro. And uh, let me tell you who Jesus is, man. And so I shared the gospel with him, the death, burial, resurrection. He accepted Jesus into his heart right then and there. And I told him, I said, look, bro, here's the thing is I can never make you stop drinking. I can't make you stop smoking. Only Jesus can do that. And when you, once you yeah. accept Jesus into your heart and the Holy Spirit starts doing what he does best, you lose those desires. It's not about the do's and don'ts. You're not going to want to do them. It's not going to yeah. be someone telling yeah. you not to do them. It's going to be you saying, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. All desires mm-hmm. have become new. All love has become new. All understanding has become new. Those other things you look back and you're like, I can't believe I used to be so consumed in those things when, man, it's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Exactly. I think that's what 
that is so powerful you saying that because a lot of people, um, like Jennifer said, they always think that Christianity is just a bunch of rules, but they don't really understand that once you have Jesus, you don't want anything else. Like once he has came inside and you know where he has delivered you from, when he has literally taken you from the pit to the palace, when he's literally delivered you from everything that you could not deliver yourself from, things that you have struggled from your whole life, and in that moment that you accept Jesus and he comes into your heart, nothing matters anymore. Those things, those desires just go away. And I've never been higher than when I've been high on Jesus. I've never been drunker than when I've been drunk on the spirit, you know, and just having him, you know, there to talk to, to walk with us, to teach us, to guide us. You know, it's not a list of rules because the only thing we become consumed with is him. It's all about him. It's all about, and we want everyone to know about him. So that's what I love about your ministry is because you guys, you know, your wife and all, you go out into the highways and the byways, and you go out to the people that may not walk into a church per se, but you go out to the people that are hurting and that are trying to fill that hole in their soul with everything but what they truly need, and you're taking them the answer. And I love that. I love that you guys get out there on the streets and um, and just talk to people, you know, and give them give them the key to life. In my opinion. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, my heart is for the streets, man. I, I, a lot of it's because I came out of that environment. I know the misconceptions that come from the block and hustling and gangbanging and living that fast life. I get it, man. I did it firsthand. So my heart is always to let people know, man, that uh, no one's too far gone. You know, I know it feels hopeless sometimes. The struggle seems real. But the thing about the struggle being real is our God is realer than that. And so I always just try to pour into people. And that's part of, like, sold out for Jesus ministry. Our motto is loving with no stipulation. Like, we just want to meet mm-hmm. people where they're at. Just does. And sometimes, I, I, in my experience, you know, and I, and I believe this is just, this is, uh, this is, lines up with the word. Sometimes we, we get so caught up on trying to preach to people and trying to bang them upside the head with a Bible verse or something. When truly, mm-hmm. the love of Christ, man, is what compels people. You know, the life of Christ is what compels people to want to want to experience change. And a lot of times, people don't care what you know; they just care that you, they just want to let you care. And we forget Amen. that, you know. And, yeah. and, and so, when we have that in our mind, if once they see that we really care, and we're just not out there trying to worrying about nickels and numbers, and you know, marking yeah. off this for the church, once they get realize that we're actually out there because we care, man. I'm out here because I want to be here with you. I don't care what the block looks like. I don't care yeah. what anything. I just want to love you, man. I want to hang out with you. I want to hear your story, and I want to see how I can help you grow closer to Jesus in the process. And uh, that's I what we do. I love that. <laughs> I love that. We that's ready. what I love. We that's what we were just talking about today. You know, we were just talking about how <clears throat> no labels. You know, yeah. Like no labels. No nothing. No personal agendas. It's not about us. We're just laid down lovers of Christ. And we want to go out, like you're saying, in the highways and byways. You know, there was a time, and, and I told Lisi about this, and I've told several others about this. There's a time where my son woke me up in the morning and told me to pack a bag. We packed a bag. And, I mean, he told me very specifically, peanut butter, jelly, a loaf of bread, 
toiletries and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, where are we going? And he's like, I don't know, but we're just going to get in the car and go. Here he was, six, maybe seven years old. And I was like, okay. So we get in the car and we start driving. We get over to Roanoke and we sit on the curb and we meet this woman. And that day when I met her, she had so much faith that it, like, challenged my faith. Amen. You know? And those are the kind of people that I love. We've gone over and bought, you know, 20 – McDonald's got tired of us because they told us we weren't allowed to come there and order cheeseburgers no more because we were, <laughs> you know, buying all these cheeseburgers and taking them and feeding the people under the bridge and singing gospel songs right outside of the Salvation Army because they had – the beds were full. But they weren't going to get to eat. They had to eat something, yeah. so we would take it to them. So we go over there, and, honey, they would sing up underneath of that bridge. And that's what I'm talking about is taking Jesus to them. You know, a lot of times yeah. people aren't going to come to you. They don't want to go behind, uh, you know, the brick and mortar. You know, something yeah. happened. Yeah. Or maybe maybe they were beat over the head with scripture, but they want to feel love. And some people, you just got to love the hell out of them. Because if you go out there and you start banging them over the head with the scripture, you're just going to drive them away. You don't have to be yeah. that way. We just have yeah. to reach the gap with love like John and think about WWJD. And as cliche as that may sound, what would Jesus do in every situation that we put ourselves in? When we go out, what would we do? If we were in that, that other person's shoes, how would we want to be treated? And I think when people start thinking about that, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, that's what it, it's about. It's about communication and relational reciprocation. How can we exude the love of Christ out to a lost and dying world? Yeah. yeah. And that's what yeah. your ministry is about. And that is what you're doing. And I commend you, brother, for doing those things. Because I'm telling you, your ministry is going to grow. Your tent pegs are going to expand. And every time I hear your testimony, it brings us all. We all were saying, I had to get up and go get some tissues and dye my eyes and blow my nose before I unmuted my phone. <laughs> because, I, you know, <laughs> it brings me to tears every single time. It amazes me what you're doing. Could you tell us a little bit about the food and stuff that y'all were gathering the other day? I saw some pictures. Y'all were yeah. in a grocery store or something. Well, I think I should, uh, if you don't mind, I'll lead up to the food, but I think I should talk about what happened after my release because I think it's yeah. a yeah. powerful testimony and it leads to why I do what I do today. So, you know, I paroled from prison in the beginning of 2018. Um, I had nothing but a clear plastic bag, some envelopes, some hygiene, mm-hmm. a couple personal items, but mo- mainly I paroled with nothing. And most of my immediate family that I had, I burned so bad, the bridges were so crumbled that um, they hadn't been restored yet. I didn't have that many people. My son passed away. And so my immediate family wasn't there, and some of my closer family, uh, we weren't on good terms. So I paroled with nothing, yeah. but I met the pastor. Um, I'd say maybe a year, a year to my release, I had met him through somebody and I started writing him letters. And then when I went to minimum custody, um, I ended up, uh, he ended up visiting me like twice. So this guy really didn't know me, but he definitely was a man of God. And he came and picked me up from prison and gave me some clothes. And it was such a blessing, you know, and he took me out to eat and he took me to my parole office because you have to check in within, you know, a certain amount of hours. 
I remember going to my pro office and talking to my PO, thinking that I was going to go into like a halfway house or something to get started. And as I'm telling my, talking to my PO, he asked me, he says, uh, so man, what's your address? And I was like, well, actually, I don't have an address. I was hoping I can go into like a halfway house or something. And he was like, look, man, this is going to sound bad, but you're in like a gray area. And my heart dropped. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, we had to close your gang file. He said, because you've been inactive for for a few years now, and uh, you don't have no drug convictions. So unless you tell me you're a drug addict, I can't put you in one of those houses. I was like, well, I'm not going to lie. I ain't a drug addict. I'm saved and sanctified, set apart. I'm none of that. And he's like, well, then uh, here's a couple of three-hour bus tickets for the public transportation, man. Come see me in a couple of weeks. Try not to commit another crime. And I remember my heart dropping going, man. You kidding me? Like, I can't go. I've been in prison for 12 years, bro. They didn't have smartphones or nothing when I went to prison, man. I think I had a pager. Like, what's going on here, man? And he was like, nah, man, I can't help you. So I remember going from the his office to my ride and thinking, man, God, have you forsaken me? Like, what is going on? I don't get it. I study. I share the gospel. I mean, I do everything you want me to do. I don't understand. Like, what's going on right here? And so for that split second, I mean, if I'm being transparent, I told myself, well, I'm just going to have to do what I do best, and I'll come back to God here in a minute. So I'll go to my ride, and he's like, so where am I going to give you a ride to, thinking that I was going to go to uh, a a halfway house? And I was like, man, just drop me off off, you know, First Avenue and and downtown Portland. And he was like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. I ain't dropped First Avenue. There ain't no halfway houses down there. That's the hood. And I was like, look, man, this is a situation, and I just got to make it, bro. And and so after I told my situation, man, that's when I experienced true love with no stipulations. Because he looked at me and he said, well, five days before Christmas, I pulled in 2000, uh, 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 December 2017, um, December 20th. So five days before Christmas, I told this dude, hey, man, just drop me off downtown. I'm going to make it. And he says, looks at me and goes, the wife's not going to be happy right away, but I'm adopting you, man. I'm taking you home. You're not going to the street. And I was like, this dude don't even know me. And if he Googled me or looked me up on five paper, I don't look good. Like, on paper, I look like a menace. And I said, this dude's really going to take me home? And I was just it was so surreal to me. So he took me home, and they adopted me. And for Christmas, they included me in their gift exchange and just loved me like I've been in the family all my life. And it was something I never experienced. So from that day forward, I was like, man, this is what love is. This is what that Christ-like agape love is that I read about. Like, I knew, I thought I understood it biblically, but once I experienced it, I really knew what that meant. And then a few weeks later, I ended up meeting my wife on Facebook. And, I, you know, people thought I was crazy, but she was from New Mexico, and we started talking, and I was like, man, I'm going to marry this woman. And I remember some of my Aww. partners telling me, bro, you've been in prison 12 years, man. Slow your roll. And I was like, nah, man, when you know, you know. So 90 days later, I fly out to Albuquerque, New Mexico. We get married. A few months later, I fly out there to live. God has a sense of humor. She was a corrections officer. Um, <laughs> that was not planned. And uh, I fly out to New Mexico. And uh, right right away, I get linked up into another church, go right into uh, pastoral ministry. They, they you know that I became a youth pastor. And my heart was always for the streets. So in Albuquerque, they got the their hood is called the war zone, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty you know pretty bad out there. And uh, 
we started, me and my wife started handing out water bottles and Jesus tracks that said, Jesus track business cards that said how to get to heaven from uh, New Mexico. And that's how the food pantry and everything happened and the outreach had happened. It happened with a bottle of water and how to get to heaven from New Mexico uh, business card Bible tracks that walks you through the death, burial, resurrection, making you complete. Um, and so we handed those out, man. And, you know, that verse that said, you know, God will trust you with a little and then he'll give you a lot. Like, that's the real deal because we've experienced it. You know, when we just left, when we just left New Mexico to come out here to Indiana, Ohio, where God has called us, Sold Out for Jesus Ministries has multiple pantries. The whole state is taken care of with food, and we've been, blessed, we've been blessing people abundantly. And uh, my old church out there, Elevate Ministries, Albuquerque, I mean, they're very supportive, but we left. I have a, man, we have a, a whole team of brothers and sisters from different churches under the Sold Out for Jesus banner, loving people with no stipulations, meeting them where they're at, giving them Jesus, giving them food. And, uh, man, we say, like my brother Bernard Garcia says, that is over the Sold Out for Jesus in New Mexico. He says, we don't give people a hand out, we give people a hand up. And that's been our yeah. heart, man. We want to give people a hand up. It's not a hand out, man. Don't let your pride starve you. We want to give you a hand up. And so... That's how it started, handing out a bottle of water with business card Jesus tracks. And now we have multiple pantries, and then we have a, now we have a pantry here in Indiana. And we've been blessing people all the way to Dayton, Ohio, all the way to Indianapolis, everywhere between, just giving them Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, you know, um, it's been a blessing, man. God's been moving. I absolutely love that. I mean, I love how He, the Lord has restored you. I mean, all the way. He has really given you back sevenfold what the enemy has ever stole from you. I mean, he's given you a, a partner to do ministry with. You guys are, um, you know, that's just amazing. We are all over here like, oh, my gosh. You know, God has really um, just worked miraculous in your life. And I want anyone listening to us tonight to understand that the same way he's done this for Matt and his wife, the same way he's worked through mine, Jennifer's, Montel's life, and a lot of other people we know, if you're hurting and you're in a hole somewhere and you don't think that you are worthy, I hope tonight that you understand that you are worthy, that God has a plan for you. He has plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, just like it says in Jeremiah 29 and 11. And if there's someone out here thinking that you can't start a ministry because you don't have anything, he just started something with a ball of water and a track. We don't have to have it all. We just have to know the one that does. And this story is so inspiring to me, even for me with my husband, um, because there's things that we're wanting to do and um, moving forward um, and and our callings as well. So um, I'm just, I'm telling you, I am so inspired by your story and, and everything that you're sharing with us. I am. I'm almost speechless because I just feel the love that you have for Jesus, the love that you have for your wife, and I can just sense the love that you guys have for the community. And um, could you just give someone out there a, um, just a pep talk, or do you have anything to say um, for someone that may be wanting to do what you guys are doing, just a little word of encouragement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing, man. we got to remember, like, when Jesus is at the center, man, doors are going to open that no man can close. And that's, that's a real talk, you know, but it starts with, you know, being grounded. And when I say being grounded, it starts with, you know, 
that daily devotion to the Lord, that daily scripture, daily uh, a prayer. You gotta have, you gotta be in sync with the spirit. But it also the next I, I would say for me, uh, and I think this is for everybody, is you have to be surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ who edify you. You know what I mean? You have to be around people that share the same mindset uh, um, for the kingdom of God, on that same commission, right? Great commission. And that's what's helped me, you know, from Elevate Ministries, Albuquerque, to where I'm at now at Community Fellowship Church here in Indiana. Like, I'm surrounded by uh, people that love the Lord. You know what I mean? And and it's so much easier when you have, you know, that's why I think Paul, you know, or that's why the Hebrews was not forsake the assembly. I mean, amongst many reasons why you should always be locked into a local fellowship, I think one of the biggest part is, is we're stronger together than apart. You need to, you know, it's all about to being together together. So my encouragement to people is, is like, look, God will give you the desires of your heart. And, and when you have those desires, they're from God. And the next step is, is getting locked in, man, and serving. You know, so many times I had, that's what I did. I started serving. I didn't just jump up to the pastor. I didn't just jump up to a, in leadership. I started out serving bottles of water from Jesus Christ, and God promoted me, right? And that's the key is being willing to be humble enough to serve. And when you serve, man, God will open those doors. People will see it. People will recognize the fire you have within you. And then the doors just start opening all over the place. You know, with it, all this that's taking place, man, since I've paroled, God has blessed me. I've flown all over the United States testifying of God's grace, testifying of the saving grace of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that continues to give me strength and pushes me. And that's all about Jesus, man. I would have never dreamt that I'd be able to go speak at different places. I've spoke at King James only, independent Baptist churches, all the way to super Pentecostal and everything in between. And the reason being is because of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> well, I think we've kind of gotten to a point where we know a, a little bit about you, and you've you've spread the good news, and you've shared a little bit about your ministry, and we want to know a whole lot more. So at this point, we're going to have Montel come back on right now, and she's going to talk just for a few minutes, and we're going to take a break song just to kind of get some water, get a refresher, and then we'll come back on. All right. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. I feel the anointing of God so strong. I've been in tears, but they're tears of joy because I love to hear God's stories. I love to see how God takes life and turns them around. And the type of ministry you do, brother, is what Reaching Out Radio is about because we are to go outside the church. We're to be the hands and feet and body of Christ. And like Jennifer and Lacey were talking earlier, not being labels, not seen anybody looking down on them or above one another but all working in one mind and one accord is the body of Christ and that's beautiful because that's what you are doing and I am so blessed my husband and I are in Illinois and we love to do outreach ministry here and go to some of the neighborhoods other people won't or feed the people that's one thing God called me feed the people spiritually and physically and um, I'm just so blessed in the broadcast tonight and I thank God for your ministry and for your testimony and for your wife and for Jennifer and Lisey's ministries all I can say is wow go God keep keep doing what you're doing God because uh, I know I'm getting blessed I got phone calls from people today that were wanting to listen to the broadcast tonight 
that phone call blessed me and encouraged me. And I thank you for that, listener. And um, thank you for taking time to be on and share tonight, brother, because I know your testimony is encouraging our listeners all over the world. Amen. That's what it's all about. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If I can get a chance to brag on my God, I want to do it. Amen. That's what it's about. And it's so powerful, too. When when we go through things, a lot of people don't think about it, but you can reach so many different people with your testimony because of what you've been through, because so many people that are broken and bound in those things, you can relate to it, and they can see what God has done in your life, and that's such a beautiful thing. Glory to God. Amen. You know, one thing I, one thing I, I typically when I go and, like, testify at different churches, and a lot of times what I like to tell people is, you know, a lot of times they think like, well, man, how can I relate with this dude? I've never been a gang member. I never, you know, had my mom and dad or, you know, I never went to prison. And I always just tell people, look, man, we relate on three things. The thing is we relate on struggles. Your struggles, whatever they are, were just as real for you as my struggles were for me. So we can understand struggle the same. And the second thing we relate on is Jesus is the only one that can deliver us from those struggles. And the third thing we rely, we can relate on is the devil's a liar. And with Jesus, man, we're going to make it happen. But I always Praise tell God. people, man, that, that man, don't think that, you know, my, my testimony is something special because your struggles are just as real for you as that mine were for me. You know what I mean? And your testimony is just as powerful as my testimony is powerful. And it's only because man. my only thing that makes my testimony powerful is Jesus. It's all Jesus-centered. So if your testimony is about Jesus, too, it's a powerful testimony. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, Jen, was you wanting to take a song break here and then uh, come back? There's actually a pre- – yeah, that would be great. Um, I know you said you had a song, but for some reason there's this song. It's by the Newsboys. It's called Love One Another. I don't know if you have that or if you can play that the next break song. But it's just really. I can get that. I don't know. It just really. I can get that for yeah. the next. Yeah, I can load that yeah, up for the next fine. break. And that I'm going to share great. a song by your brothers in Christ. He he has a similar testimony. He God had delivered him from drugs and the streets and from gangs, and now he is sold out, surrendered, and wow, he's just an amazing man of God. He's been on several times. I love his work for Jesus. And him and his sons do rap music together, and they write their own music. And um, I'm going to share one of his songs. I love it. It was one of his first ones when you came to know the Lord. And this is by uh, my dear friend, the servant of Christ, and low-key, Follow Jesus. There's only one person I follow in my life, baby. That's Jesus Christ. I don't trust no man. I only trust my Lord is taking God Stronger than a bulletproof vest, straight to the chest, unless you possess the one who. 
believe From the east to the north to the south to the west I bet I connect to the web instead You look ahead Red, red, red wines controlling your mind Refine, come find the real this high You shine, but don't be blind The blind can't leave the blind The shame you follow at the prime Let me who will follow Can't find the pen on God Who's always been so kind, yeah personally, 
you know, uh, I, I want my kids to grow up serving. I want my kids to grow up knowing what it is to share Jesus with people. And the best way to let them know that is to see it in me and my wife. So we take the yeah. family, man. We do we do things together. You know, um, I remember, you know, I'd say a year and a half ago, some people, you know, told me, like, you know, are you sure you're not being careless or reckless? And for half a second, man, I started thinking, like, maybe I was. And then God just reminded me, man. Man, you don't, man, you've been doing good at this point. Nothing's happening, man. Just keep trusting in me. So that's what we do. I trust in the Lord, man. We just go out as a family. And believe it or not, people are touched when they see my five-year-old daughter out there, all friendly as she is, social butterfly. But like, they're touched that, like, man, people, this guy brings his kids out here. He brings his family. Like, he really cares. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm ashamed. And I think that's a big part of the ministry that I have that separates it, you know? From other ministries, mm-hmm. and like, what's it's a family ministry. My son, GJ, mm-hmm. Joshy, Josh, he does the music when we do events. You know, we all get out there and get it in for Jesus. My son, Josiah, he gets on the speaker phone or whatever and just start talking about Jesus. Like, we all do mm-hmm. it together. So it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so commendable. You know, that's kind of like with me. Like, I don't go anywhere without my boys. So I always yeah. tell people, you know, doing ministry, if you need me to do something, I don't mind doing it, but I'm not going to do it if my boys can't come. And, you know, that may shut a lot of doors in my face, but if my boys can't be a part of it, what kind of leader am I being even in my own household if my children can't be there? Like, I am, as a single mother, their only example. So, for me, it's tough. I got to be two roles, and I, I can be two roles temporarily, it won't be forever. However, at this point, you know, I, I got to be the one that raises them in the way they should go. That's my six-year-old. He's being nosy and wants to listen to me on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> he he will usually pray for you, but we're not on the prayer line today on the radio. Um, but, you know, that's commendable. I love hearing about families being involved, getting out into into the community, Truly just being the love of Christ. You are the hands and feet of Christ. And that just touches my heart. And it just makes everybody that's listening hear your heart through this broadcast. And that's what I love. The true, true Father's heart. And being connected to those with hearts that are the same. And, brother, I, I am so honored. And it is really just such a blessing to not just hear your testimony. But to see your pictures, you know, we're connected on Facebook. To see your pictures, I get so excited yeah. when you tag me in a video. I'm like, yes, another video, you know. Um, I, I love to share that stuff. So, you know, keep tagging me in it. Keep sharing stuff with me. Um, you know, we love to connect people. We love to get people out there. Um, and, again, I, I, I'm so proud of you. And I know that may sound so funny, but. I'm just so proud of you, and I know that Papa is proud of you, too. And just keep keep pushing, keep pushing, because, man, you're going to – you are going to touch so many lives with what you're doing, and you already uh-huh. are. Yeah. And right, right now, you're touching them internationally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, too. Yeah. I love it too. I love how because you're you're being an example for like those women that are out there. You just mentioned the type of people that are out there, you know, and what they're you know what they're dealing with. But you're actually giving them an example 
you know, they're seeing you love your wife like Christ loves the church, and they're seeing you love your children, you know, the way a father should love. And a lot of those people have never had that. They've never seen a family. They don't understand a family dynamic. They're just, they've been out there for so long, they've either forgotten or, you know, they came from, you know, all different backgrounds because nobody just goes on the street because they want to. Um, And it's a misconception that a lot of people are just out there because they're lazy or they don't want to work. Um, So I love how you guys come together and show them what a real family is. Show them what love really is. Show them, you know, what they have to look forward to, not just in Jesus, but when they surrender, that they can have all of that, all of those things. And that's just just beautiful. It really is. I mean, it really is. I'm just going to speak a whole blessing over you guys. You know, that God continue to cover you you all and continue to bless your wife and, and bless you together. You know, bless your union and bless your kids because you're raising up the next generation. And that's Amen. that's awesome. That really is. Amen. I'm humbled listening moving. to your story. God is moving, man, and, and you're right, man. Our next generation is important, man, especially as it's, Jesus is coming back. So I want my kids prepared to, you know, Snatch people out of the fire as well when they get older. Um, yeah. Can't do it all by myself, man. There's there's many functions in the body, man. We can't we can't think we're going to be every function. So we definitely need to raise That's our right. kids and raise, raise others up. You know, one of one of the things that I got from my old church, Elevate Albuquerque, is you know they believe in like we believe in reaching the one, building the one, and then sending the one out for Jesus. Amen. And uh, I think that's real, that's real key. You know, a lot of times. And even Pastor Richard at my church now, you know, a lot of times we get so caught up with getting people saved, but then what do we do about that afterwards? Like, you know, I mean, yeah. we need to, to, you know, continue to disciple, continue Discipling, to get yeah. people for the reality of what this world is, what, what's going on, and who who the battle is against. You know, so many times we we forget that we don't battle against flesh and blood, and so when you mm-hmm. really understand battle is really at, you're really armed and equipped. To, uh, to be the better you and Jesus, right? And so that's why I try to pour into my boys as well as my, my little daughter as well. You know, my, my son Josh has a gift of healing to pray for you and make things happen, you know, through Jesus, of course. But the Spirit's definitely gifted him in that area. My my other son Hayden, you know, he's called to be a, a he's, man. He definitely picks up on the Word and understands it in context. But all these things aren't just because I, you know, edify him and stuff, man. It's all about Jesus, man. Jesus is all over that. You know, I didn't have a dad, so I can't say that I'm being the dad of the year for my children because, truthfully, the only example I have is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So I can take no credit. Yeah. I love that. I tell my boys all the time, you know, in the absence of a father, you know that you have a father, God the Father. (laughs) Amen. And he'll never always I'm sorry. He'll never let you down. That's right. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, you are adopted into the family that's covered by the blood. And a lot of times our family that's by blood is not for us as much as the family that's covered by the blood. That's yeah. true. That blood, that's, that, right. That that's right. blood tie that we have through Jesus, man, unites us closer than anybody. And, that's uh, right. You know, we don't realize that, you know, the world will tell you, you know, blood's thicker than water and they got all these great cliches uh-huh. and worldly sayings, but they're, they're superficial. You know, I, man, mm. I'll tell you what, man, I'll tell you, since I started serving the Lord and started really locking in with church and stuff, 
those brothers and sisters that I meet in church, man, are way closer to me than I've ever had, you know, in my life, man. That love is that. That's that's the difference, though, right? We're serving a God that is love. You know, God is love. He doesn't show love. He is love. When you serve a God that is love, then you experience a whole different love in other believers, and uh, it'll change your life because it's changed. It continues to change mine. I'm continuing to to be amazed at the love that I that I receive from people and that the love I'm able to give. You know, sometimes afterwards I'll think, look back and be like, dang, that, that was all Jesus because I would have never done that in the world. That would have never yeah. been my first response. So, brother, brother, there is a gentleman that is just, he is just an amazing man of God. I, I give him, you know, I don't know, he, he just amazes me. Every time he comes on the prayer line, he just amazes me. He, I can't even begin to explain, um, you know, I know the Lord just speaks so prophetically through him. And there may be an opportunity in a few minutes for him to come up on the line because there's yeah. most, most likely there's a word that he has for you from the Lord. And if you don't mind, because I don't want to cause a disruption to what we have going on, but if you don't mind, you you know James Anthony Woods. Me? You know, James, you remember James Anthony Woods from the prayer line? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember now. I had to think about okay. Yeah, they just messaged me. So, um, the one thing that I would like to ask you, though, while we're waiting, yeah, is this: with the Bible studies and stuff that you're doing with your children and with your family, I saw the picture that you posted um, on Facebook the other day. Yeah. What yeah. is the Lord really laying on your heart for, in this season for the body of Christ? What is the Lord laying on my heart in this season for the body of Christ? I think this, man, and it really hit home today when I, you know, tomorrow, Sunday, I'll be doing part of the sermon and faith over fear. I really think that is what God has been putting on my heart during this COVID, during this Black Lives Matter versus everything else matters and all this, all this division, all this hate, you know what I mean? People are so afraid. You know what I mean? And and I and my heart, and that's why I keep pointing to my children, man, that our faith has to be stronger and that we have faith in, in an absolute God who never changes. The times, the events, the, the seasons, uh, these different fears, you know, it started with COVID, then it went to, you know, all this chaos with BLM and everything else going on, and then all this chaos, it just continues to be, the, then the presidential election's coming up. Like, there's always going to be chaos. But you know what's never going to be chaos is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So that's been always been my, my heart. And as, as of lately, that's what I've been pouring into and that we need to continue to remember that our faith is stronger than our fears. Now, it does, it's not, we, we can let our fear be stronger, but we need to remember that faith overcomes all things. You know, that scripture about uh, 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 you can, you know, with the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Here's the thing, man. A lot of times we think that that mountain is like a physical mountain, not saying God can't do it because God can do anything. But those mountains in our lives are usually things that we put there. Usually they're fears that we put in our way that we allow to become bigger than they should be. And once that we overcome those fears through our faith in Jesus and give it and surrender it at the cross, then we look back and realize those mountains were really molehills. So that's been my encouragement to my kids, man, that the seasons are going to continue to get darker 
the devil's vicious, the devil don't sleep. But you know what? We serve a God that's all-powerful, that kicked the devil down to hell, and that just continue to have faith in what matters, which is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And if you have faith in Jesus, 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 you can never go wrong. You will always end up on top. I'm not saying you're not going to go through trials. I'm not going to say you're not going to struggle. But you know what? The struggle is not the same when you have Jesus. The trials don't beat you down as hard when you have Jesus because Jesus says, man, my yoke is easy. He wants to take those burdens from you and give you that supernatural strength, that supernatural endurance, that man that's going to really, really, really build on your testimony, build on your strength in the Lord, and help you grow closer in that relationship with the Father. Amen. Amen. I totally agree. I totally agree with that because I think when I first got saved, uh, I thought, oh, boy, you know, um, I'm not going to have anything. I have nothing else to worry about. <laughs> and um, I quickly found out that that wasn't the truth. <laughs> I thought, whoa, the Christians don't have any problems. But what I quickly found out is that my problems were nothing compared to the problem solver. And even during the times that I've went through um, tribulations, you know, and I've had, you know, things have happened to me um, Nothing's changed in my life. A lot of, well, let me say this. A lot of the the trials that I've had in my life after I've been saved are similar to the ones that I had before. You know, betrayals. I've had people hurt me. I've, you know, um, I've been pruned. You know, God has pruned me, and He's, you know, I've had people come in my life and people go out of my life, and I've had, you know, financial struggles and and all of these types of things. The same way I did before I got saved, but now that I have the Lord with me. I don't have that, um, the fear that I used to have before. And um, it seems like I could just overcome better because now I know I have, now I know, like you said, I have Jesus, 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 and I can take his hand. And I may not see a way, but I know he knows the way. You know, I may not can figure this out myself, but praise God, I don't have to. I can literally take my, um, you know, take my burdens and lay them on the altar, and he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. He's going to carry them for me. And I learned what you just said that his yoke is light you know when when i try to carry it on my back it's heavy but when i yoke myself to the lord it's light because he's taking the load for me and i and i love that um i love how you worded that because i know i just really feel like someone is out there needed to hear those words because when you said it my spirit leaped and it just reminded me because we just came out of a trial in our house and um, I had to be reminded again. I mean, I've been saved and serving and all of these things, but sometimes we just need to hear that. We just need to hear, hey, his yoke is easy and the burden is light, and he's going to get you through. And, um, you know, because we don't promise people, you know, that they're going to walk through a field of daisies all the time, but we can promise them as long as they're walking with Jesus, there'll be daisies along the way. Yes. Hey, that's so good, you know. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, they got different, you know, gospels or whatever being taught sometimes that it is easy and you can fly above the storm and you know yeah 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 but here's the truth of the matter man flying above the storm if you're really flying in a, in a plane or something you gotta run out of gas eventually but here's the thing those valley those valley moments should be valley lessons you know that scripture in james chapter one where it says you know the testing of your faith you know brothers and sisters don't be surprised when you know you you face these uh, uh trials you know consider it a joy he says, when you face these trials, because the testing of your faith produces endurance. Some translations say perseverance. Some say patience. But I love what the, the next part of that is this. It says, because when you, when you go through this fire, when you go through these tests, he says, 
You become mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's powerful. Becomes mature and complete, lacking nothing. When you go through these tests and you overcome these battles, man, you become mature and complete, lacking nothing. Because you know that that maturity and, and, and is in Christ. You know, when you become mature enough to know, okay, I know God got this. I know Romans 8.28 says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I know this is a fact. Why? Because the Bible says it's a fact. When we start walking in his truth, we experience that true change. And circumstances don't seem as hard as they are. I mean, I face circumstances. I face struggle, you know, and I, I you know, I, I got my own stuff I battle with, if I'm being transparent. I think, but we all have, yeah. right? Until we meet Mark, until we get that new name, that new body with Jesus, we're always going to have, if we're not, if we're not fighting the enemy, then I, I, I whoever's listening, I, I recommend you hit your knees and repent and let God show Amen. you you need to Because you know what, it's going to, that's, that's how you know, if you ain't, Fighting the enemy, man. Then you ain't walking with the Lord. You know, before Jesus, I didn't. I didn't look at. I mean, I just lived life. You know, I had no. Uh, I had no moral compass, no meter. Now that I found Jesus, man, as soon as I get off track, man, the Holy Spirit be dinging me and telling me, whoop, yeah. whoop, you need to make changes. Whoop, whoop. You need to work on this. Whoop, whoop. Dig in your word. Whoop, whoop. Pray. You know, He just be hitting me, and that's because, man, man, He wants me to be mature and complete, lacking nothing. The Holy Spirit is so powerful within us. We forget the power that we have through that relationship with Jesus. And you're right. And these trials and these struggles, man, they're just going to make us a better us, man. We can hit those mountaintop moments and love them. But when we hit those valleys, we better learn the lesson in those valleys. So that's why God wants us to learn lessons. He wants us. Look at Paul. Paul was shipwrecked, beaten, stoned. You know, he, went through the, he went through the mud. You know what? He, he continued to push forward for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That should be a, a testament for all of us to look at. You know, as Amen. you were speaking, as as you were speaking, I just heard this one sentence. This this one sentence that we need to overcome the urgency of the natural, like when we're going through all the trials. You know how we're like. We feel like everything just has such urgency, right? Yeah. To seek the priority of the spiritual, which is our mm. relationship with Jesus. That's and good. how in doing so, in um, John 11 and 40, it's amazing because that's when the Lord told even, uh, I believe, I'm trying to think of who it was. He was talking to you, I think it was Martha. But he said, did I not tell you that if you just believe that you would see the glory of God? So even in those valley experiences when you're having all of those trials and all of those things that you're going through and all of those situations, we have to overcome that urgency, the natural, to seek the priority of the spiritual. Or as people say a lot of times in the prophetic communities, the supernatural. And what's Mm -hmm. amazing about that is that's when we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and it's no longer us operating. It's him through us out to others. So when we Amen. go out into the highways and byways, all we are is a mere open vessel being utilized yeah. by the one that we worship. Yes. It's a blessing to be yeah. an earthly vessel, you know? And it's not, oh, you know, no. sometimes we, we, we think it's some big math equation on how the, on what we must do, man. The gospel simple. 
and and the the message of hitting the uh, hitting the streets, hitting the highways and the byways, fulfilling the Great Commission, man. It's not it's not as complex as a lot of times we. Oh, I don't have the right words to say. Oh, I don't know enough Bible. I mean, that's all that's all that's all the devil, man. That, we we don't, the Lord is the one who gives us the words to say. If I'm going out there on my own understanding, I'm gonna only get so far. But if I'm going out yeah. there activating the power of the Holy Spirit that's within me, man, I'm gonna give yeah. you fire, man. And you're gonna be touched, mm. and your heart's gonna be transformed, and, and lives are gonna be changed. And not because of mm. me, because of the Holy Spirit within me moving. God, you have to rely on the Spirit of God that He He said the disciples. Remember when they told Jesus, and I'm on paraphrase, but they said, Jesus, man, what are we gonna do? You're about to leave. What's going on? We're tripping. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, man, don't trip, man. I got you. I'm going to leave you the Spirit. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your comforter. He's going he's to teach you all things. Don't trip. And then when they left, man, the Holy Spirit dwelled in the Acts, right? And so we got to remember, man, that God gave us the Holy Spirit for a purpose so he can comfort us in those tough situations so that he can teach us all things so that we can teach others. You know, we have to remember who is in us. The God that we serve, you know, and, and you know what? That verse that just came to my mind is, you know, we forget, man, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. That yes. is real today. So many people, unfortunately, in and outside the church, man, just want to uh, take it easy, you know, be comfortable. You know what I mean? We, man, we need to get out there and be radical because you know what? That's when lives are changed. And when I say radical, anything that has God in it and Jesus and the spirit of God moving is radical. It's supernatural. It's not in this world. So we need to get out there, man, and and get fired up. I'm getting fired up just talking about it. I'm ready to go out there and knock on some doors, and it's late at night right now. You know what I mean? I'm just ready to go. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, you're right, because it's who lives on the inside of us that gives us the ability to do these things. And that... That I think a lot of people miss that, but when and then people see that inside of us, they see that love, they see that fire. I want to be the person that when somebody looks at me, they say, "Man, I want what she's got. Whatever it is that she's got, I want that." You know, I want people to be attracted to the Jesus inside of me. They don't have to remember my name, they don't have to remember my face, but I want them to remember how I made them feel. I want them to know that when they meet me, they've had an encounter with Jesus because He is living on the inside of me, and I've allowed Him to use me. I want to be that vessel. I want to, I mean, you've got me fired up because, like, I'm ready to go out and do the exact same thing because we know we've got people out here that are hurting. You know, and there's prayers that I pray. I'm like, God, you know, just show me the one today. Just show me the one today that I can speak to. Just show me the one that that needs to know you today. Just show me the one in the grocery store. Just show me the one that I can just look at him and say, Jesus loves you. You know, we don't have to make this complicated. We don't have to know the Bible back to front. We don't have to be theologians. We don't have to, you know, have been in seminary school. All we have to have had was an encounter with the Lord to be able to go out there and testify to somebody and let them have an encounter with the Lord so they can go out and and testify to somebody else. This is amazing. Yeah. I pray that whoever's listening, that this impart there's an impartation coming through this line, um, setting a fire down in your soul. And if you're feeling it, man, don't let that fire die out. Don't let that fire die out. Get out there and do what you can. Uh, preach Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Love somebody. Give somebody an anointed hug, and just let them know that Jesus loves them. Because at this day and time, we need to know that. We need that reassurance that Jesus is there. Yes. You know, you said something key. Like, we, a lot of times we put so much into, 
you know, sharing the gospel. We overthink it, you know, and it makes me think two days ago we were getting gas at the Speedway here in, in Greenville, Ohio, and the guy was looking at my truck, my Toyota truck. He was looking at it, and the reason he was looking at it is because most trucks out here, for whatever reason, have a lot of rust on them from the weather and the elements. But in New Mexico, we don't have all that, so my truck looks brand new. And so he was looking at my truck, and I got out, and I was like, hey, what's going on, man? And uh, he's like, man, that truck doesn't have no rust on it. And I was like, yeah, man, we moved out here from uh, New Mexico. And the reason I say that is usually when I tell people I moved here from New Mexico, they're always like, why would you move here? And so my yeah. follow-up to this guy was like, why would you move out here? And I was like, Jesus. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, man. And I just shared a little bit. I didn't go full throttle on him. I just had a conversation about vehicles, a conversation about Jesus bringing me out here. It was simple. I didn't say much. And then I asked him if he went to church by chance. He said he didn't. You know, he felt judgment and all these things. And I just encouraged him, man, that, you know, if you want to go to a church, um, our church, man, we don't we come as you are. If they're going to let a tattooed up ex-convict 12 years come in prison on. go to pastor, then you, you welcome, brother. Come on in. My pastor wears sandals sometimes to preach. So, I mean, I mean, no socks. So I'm telling you, like, we just say come as you are. And, and, and in that, I left that guy shook his hand, said, have a nice day, went to Walmart. I looked on my Facebook, and he friend requested me. And I was like, oh, that's cool, and I accepted it. Next thing you know, this guy's telling me, man, do you ever feel like God puts it on your heart that you want to talk to somebody? I think I need to talk to you more. Can I hear your full testimony? I'm meeting up with that guy this week. That was all, And all I did was, hey, my truck, I moved here from New Mexico. Jesus changed, you know, Jesus is the reason for my season and kept it simple. And now look, it man, people, we complicate things so much, man. We can make it easy. For me, if you give me too much eye contact, contact, I'm going to I'm gonna give you Jesus. I mean, I don't care if I'm in the produce aisle in the <laughs> store. I don't care if I'm in the dirt digging a ditch. I don't care if I'm walking to check my mail. If you give me too much eye contact or any airtime, you're going to get Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and it's that simple. And you know what? I don't go banging people with the Bible all the time. Sometimes I do, however the spirit leads. But a lot of times, man, I just keep it simple. Man, I'll say simple things like praise Jesus and get people's reaction. And that always opens the door. Usually they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not with it. And then, then it allows me to ask why. And then it allows me to tell them, like, look, man, I get it, bro. I get the judgment. I've been getting judgment since I paroled. But you know what? It's not about them. It's about him. It's about Jesus. Jesus. Right. Loves you, bro. Jesus loves you just as you are. You know, you do drugs, right. praise God, come to church. You know, you're, you're living outside of marriage, have, praise God, come to church. You drink, praise God, come to church. You know, yes. whatever you do, praise God, come to church. Because you know what? Jesus will change everything you're facing, and he'll turn the, all that bad things into that mess into a message. All, you know, all that stuff will be a blessing. Testimony is going to be powerful too. Amen, Hallelujah. amen, amen. I just got done talking to someone about that earlier today, and just so such a timely word, and and so on point with what we see today, where a lot of people they feel like they're it's like they're operating out of fear. You know, they're just so fearful to walk into the church because of they're going to be judged or whatever. Um, But, you know, you can just come as you are. That's, that's what God says. He says, come as you are, come as you are, because I'll clean you up. (laughs) Just 
I mean, come he, as you are. He told the he told the Pharisee. Remember, he told the Pharisee, man, like I can't help yeah. you because you're broke. You think you got to figure it out? I, I can't. I'm a doctor. I'm a physician. I came for the broken. That's right. I came that's for those right. that are beat down. And and that's what he wants, man. He wants us to come to him in our broken state, whatever that is. That's and that right. might. And a lot of times we think broken means homeless or stuck in the street. Man, you can live in a mansion in a nice neighborhood and be broken. And be broken. That's that right. Yeah. Under the bridge. That's and right. So Come on. I know I, 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 I know my heart is in the streets, but I've witnessed to everybody. I don't care if you have a suit and tie and a, a, a beamer, and I don't care if you're yep. riding the bus or a bike. And Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Jesus. That's right. The tax Yeah, I met some people in a tent that are that were very happy in that tent. They were content in their tent. You know what? So what you just said says a lot because. You know, it's always not always the people in the street and under the bridge. It can it can be any of us. It was me a while back, and I've been saved, but I was still in a broken season. So, yes, don't ever hold back from telling someone about the Lord. Don't ever hold back from that little voice inside of you saying, "Speak life into someone," because we never know who needs to hear it at that moment. Oh, real, real recommend, real. That's that's a that's a saying that when you're in the street, you're always like, "Man, real recognize real man." I know the real ones from the fake ones. That goes with every aspect of life, even in ministry. When you're out there and you're just real, again, you don't have to know all the Bible. You don't have to be have those, like you said, the theologian degrees and all these things. People just want to know that you're real. They just want to know that you yeah. care. And it's simple as that. It's just as simple as saying, praise Jesus, man. He's been doing good in my life. And a lot of people aren't used to hearing that. So they'll go back away. I guarantee they'll they'll leave that conversation going, man. That's the last thing I heard expected someone to say is praise Jesus, man. That's crazy. Mm. We don't hear people using just just little words like that. I've learned throughout my since I've been released and just doing ministry that I always drop things like praise Jesus or God is good just so it gets a reaction out of people. It causes people to think like, what is this guy talking about? He just did twelve years. How is God good? What is this guy mm. talking about? Man, this dude, you know, obviously he's been through the struggle, and he still can say God is good. It just shows people, like, man, God is good. I mean, it's, I'm not special. We're all the same. He shows no partiality, the Bible says. So as much as he loves me, he loves you. And we got to bring that to the streets. we got to bring that to people, wherever they're at, whether they're in the house or they're not in the house. Man, the, the gospel is for everybody. The gospel is not just for the streets. The gospel is for everybody. Yeah. yeah. I do hear something from you, though, and I do want to share this with you. And Then we're going to take a break song real quick. And Brother James is on the line, and I do want him to come up because I do believe, like Lisey said, and I don't know if she even realizes that she was prophesying that you were receiving an impartation because I do believe that today that you're going to receive an impartation. So like I said, I do um, – I, I am hearing this for you you it's kind of like Zachariah so I opened up my Bible I've got this Bible sitting in front of me and I was like okay you know what do you want me to read from here and it's like all about the birth of Jesus <laughs> and I opened up my Bible and it was like Zachariah and for some reason it just reminded me of everything that you're saying it says you know Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit 
and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, and for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And you will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. That's what you're doing right now, brother. You're going before. (laughs) You're going into the highways and byways to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise from on high has visited us to give us light, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And brother, that's exactly what you do. So don't Don't say, you know, I'm not nobody because you are somebody because God is raising you up. And in this next season, that's what you are going to be doing. When you go out, you're not, you are more, you are so much more to God. I know you love Jesus. I know you, but there's so much more that he's getting ready to do for you. And it's more. You are going out and you are doing it. And that is so much more. It's so much more. And I love the fact that you have all of this that's going on because it's like, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about it, but yeah. how many are doing it? How many are doing it? Yeah. You don't yeah. just talk the talk, you walk the walk. And I love that about you. You, you came from nothing and God turns you into something and he was always yeah. there with you. He was always there with you. And now look what you did. You said, okay, God, now you turn me into this and I'm going to glorify you, and now I'm going to go out and do the same thing for these people that I come in contact with, and you have been anointed for that. You Amen. are going out to do exactly that, to take the light of Jesus into those dark places. And I, I, I promise you this, that I heard very clearly that that's the anointing that is on you. <laughs> and in this next season, yes. there will be an expansion over your ministry. So praise God. So now I'm going to have Hallelujah. Montel come on real quick, play another song, and then we're going to open up the lines. Brother James is going to have a word for you, and then we'll open up the lines for prayer requests. There may be people that have other questions about your ministry, um, and Amen. then we'll go from there. Awesome. Amen. Young man, may I help you? Good morning, ma'am. We're just in your neighborhood doing some market research. Would you be willing to listen to a three-minute song? We aren't selling anything. We just want your honest opinion. It would really help us out. Well, I guess it would be okay. You know, we do have a record player, if that would help. No problem at all, ma'am. I've got a yes in 14 West Main. Full loadout, please. Love, 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 love
But also, uh, we have a, a website that I encourage people to check out, see what we're doing. Um, it's www.souledout, the number four, J-E-S-U-S, dot com, soldoutforjesus.com. It's all lowercase. Check it out. See what we're about. See what we're doing. See how we're moving. Uh, there's a contact link on the website page. If anyone wants to contact me and get a hold of me for whatever reason, feel free to send me a, a email through the contacts, and and I'll, I'll edify, pray for, those situations, and try to help out any way I can for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! And, oh, That's one, awesome. One other thing. Uh, sorry, one more thing I want to add is. If you want yeah. to check out some of our services, you know, I'm uh, a pastor at Community Fellowship Church here in Indiana. We do live Facebook services. I encourage you guys to check it out. Um, I've always heard on my page, but it's so fire, man. It's so exciting to see what God is doing out here in this area. So if you want to keep up on that, too, because we're always um, – well, everything we do is live on Facebook at my church. So I encourage people to check it out. If you want to come expectant. Because, man, when you watch this on Facebook, man, you're going to receive something. I guarantee it if you come with an open heart and, and expect God to do something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, Brother James, Anthony Woods is on with us tonight. Hey, James, how are you? Hi. I think we absolutely adore him and his wife, uh, Lady Lily. Yeah. We adore them and honor them. They are our people. I think they're on here. So, Pastor Matt, we know he's going to bless you as soon as we can get the kinks worked out. Yeah. So, so Matthew, I was saying in the chat. Go ahead. Go. That's okay. When you do your um, your Facebook lives, what days do you guys hold your services so people can know, you know, when you're – do you have, like, a schedule? Do you just do pop-up videos, or how yeah, do you do that? Um, Wednesday night service is 6 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then on Sunday we do a service at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then uh, we also have – uh, a bilingual service as well as at 1 p.m. But I'm fully active in the the 9 and the 10. Every Sunday, man, I go up there and I give a word and uh, just to try to encourage people in the Lord because I want people to be encouraged. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I give a message as well, depending on uh, how things are going. But I always speak about the Word of God every service on, on Sunday. And so it's just a blessing. So if you guys want to get some truth, um, I love doing expository, breaking down scripture in context so that we know uh, why we believe what we believe and why they were saying it. So I just encourage people to check that out. I also do a, a, a show called Faith Talk, Faith Walk. I typically do it every Saturday. I didn't do it tonight because of the show, but we do a, every every Saturday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We have Faith Talks Walk, Ohio, Indiana. And we just go through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We just finished up the uh, awesome book of James. And now we're diving in the book of Peter, First Peter. So I just encourage you guys, you want to, you know, you want to get grounded more in the word. You want to be encouraged by the word of God. Check us out every Saturday night, 9, uh, 9 Eastern Standard Time. It's on my Facebook page. Um, 
be encouraged, man. Come, come expecting the game, man, because we break down that scripture. And what's so cool about that show is I also have my sons on there with me, my oldest and my 15-year-old. So they're on there, and they're breaking down the scripture with me. So it's just an amazing thing. Wow, that's so awesome. So I think we we had um, – we usually open up the lines for Q&A now. Uh, Montel, can you come back on with us for just a moment and explain how the Q&A works? Yes, if anyone would like to um, share a comment or has a question or a prayer request, um, it's through the call-in number 626-696-8607. And if you're already on the line or if you are calling in, press 1. That puts you in the QA besides your number. We will know that you're wanting to be on the air. Again, 626-696-8607. And again, Pastor Matt, it's just been an honor to have you on with us tonight. And just to hear your story, the testimony, what you guys are doing in the community, hearing about how we can just, you know, become involved and learn more. Um, I know that I myself have been encouraged, you know, even um, in – you know, in my own life with my husband and our, you know, in our ministry and what we do. So um, it, it has really been a blessing and an honor just to, I've been touched deeply. I've been recharged. I've been, I've got that fire inside of me that I want to run out and tell everybody about Jesus. So um, I know I received a blessing tonight hearing your story and I know there are, there are other people that have as well. So it's, it's been an honor having you with us tonight and um, I'm humbled. It's just been a blessing. I'm humbled as well. Yeah. I'm humbled to the opportunity to come on here and testify, brag on Jesus. If anybody has any questions, man, like the sisters just said, man, feel free to ask them. I'll answer them to the best of my ability. But I guarantee you're going to get Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in every answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we know we know there are people that are hurting, and we know that, you know, we know that we know the answer, man. And we just want everybody to know the answer. <laughs> we just want everybody to feel what we feel. We just want you to, we want you to have that, um, you know. Like I said, I've been safe for a while, and you know, sometimes I get down in the valley, and there's been questions in my mind about what do I do next, and what does God want me to do, and then, you know, we hear stories like yours, and then, you know, what you're doing in the community, and it just. I don't know. It just stoked my fire. So praise God for that. Just, just really, it's just awesome. Yeah, we're Amen. so super, excited, so super excited that you were able to come on this evening. I'm waiting to see if she lets me know if Montel lets us know that we have anybody in the Q and A that we can answer any more questions or anything like that. And we are right now just. Waiting for Q and A questions from Montel. There's a lot of people on the line. We have a whole lot God of bless listeners. Everybody. Can you hear me? But, uh, God, oh, oh, I don't know. James, I hear from me your voice. <laughs> Is he there? Because I opened up a new one. So. <laughs> Yay. I hear Pastor James. Hold on. <laughs> it's like the Holy Spirit, that small voice that comes out of nowhere, like, wait a minute. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Amen. God bless you. Oh, we're doing great. It's such a blessing to have you come on with us. I just 
I always feel like, you know, I try to listen and really pay attention to certain things. There's just so much that he was saying that, you Uh know, you've really been talking about and praying about. And I just believe that, you know, the Lord puts people together for a reason. And I just believe that there's something that the Lord is going to speak through you over um, Matthew and his ministry. And I think it's just really imperative that we all come together and that we all use the love of Jesus to bond us together. That's the glue that keeps us together. And that's how he operates his ministry. That's what he does is he goes out on the highways and byways and he reaches out to the lost and dying world. And he tells them about the love of Christ and he is doing an amazing job and um, we just love him and it was just such an honor and a blessing to have him on but I really believe that the Lord has a word that he's going to speak over Matthew through you this evening yeah amen amen I um yeah I was just able to get on I was uh, um, but I was anxious to get on because I could just sense the Lord and so I definitely honor you all and honor um, Matthew that's on and um the first thing that the Lord was just impressing in my spirit uh, was John the Baptist, you know, um, that God has definitely given you a pave ye the way um, anointing and that God was really going to use you and your ministry in ways that you may not even fully understand that sometimes, you know, um, we, we, we kind of target maybe a certain segment of the population, but God says, I'm going to use your ministry to impact not just a certain segment of the population, but God says, I'm going to literally give you the entire pie, not just a piece of it. And so by the time this thing is all said and done, you're going to literally be ministering uh, to people of all races, all socioeconomic levels. And the Lord was also showing me nonprofit that um, I, I don't know yeah. what you do, but I just see a nonprofit all around you. And I see um, the Lord um, blessing you and anointing you. I'm not even sure where your ministry is, but I keep hearing Fort Wayne and Dayton, Ohio, um, that God has put you like as a gateway um, in the Midwest. Um, and I see you doing things in Fort Wayne, and I see you doing things um, in Dayton, <laughs> the, uh, the Lord says. And um, I, I see you, like, traveling. And I even see you connected with people, like, on motorcycles and things like that. Um, but I also see you, uh, God blessing you with nonprofits. Um, I see you, like, with a, a detail shop. But I see uh, the Lord blessing you with grants to, like, employ people, people who would not um, otherwise be able to have gainful employment. Um, God's going to bless your ministry, um, even in the the realm of economics. And so as you minister to them spiritually, um, there's going to be provision there for them um, naturally. And so uh, your ministry is also going to become a hub. Um, Empowering people In every single way So not only will they be strong spiritually But they will be strong um, In the economic realm I hear the Lord saying Um, But going back to the John the Baptist I just see the Lord just really um, Giving you just that solid message um, Of repentance And people coming And people repenting And literally turning around I mean people who have literally just Um have done some terrible things, but God is going to bring them into the ministry. Amen. And 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 people are going to come that 
um, you know, social workers have tried to work with and psychiatrists have tried to work with, but they're going to come into the ministry and they're going to have a fresh touch from the Lord. And people are going to say, what is it that you guys are doing? Amen. But you're going to know that it's nothing but the Lord. And the Lord is even going to expand uh, what you're doing, even over the next four months. Um, I see an expansion of what the Lord is doing, um, not just in social media, but literally even in evangelism um, in the region where you are. Um, I see you literally as a beacon of light where you are. But, again, I do see these connections um, to Fort Wayne and Dayton. But I also see the Lord doing uh, significant work um, even in your life. And I see you uh, teaching series, but I also see you developing manuals. I see like teaching manuals and and courses uh, that people will come in um, even during different times of the day, not just in the evening, but like I see like a 12 noon course and I see like different courses at different times where people will come in and you will teach them and they will learn and they will grow. Uh, But I see like even in the middle of these teachings, there will be just like outbreaks of the Holy Ghost. So God, I just thank you for this man of God. I thank you, um, Lord God, that you have great things um, in store for him. I thank you that there is a great path for this man of God. Um, The Lord says that um, you are a solution, that I've set you even in the earth as a solution. Hallelujah. So wherever you go, God says, I'm going to give you strategies of being solution uh, to people that you have met and even uh, to people that you have not met. Uh, You are a, a man of the book of Acts. Hallelujah. You are a man of power. You are a man of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You are a man of the upper room. You are a man of the shift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I see just great things. I see uh, people coming together in unity. Um, I see like a big tent. Hallelujah. I see like tent revivals as well, even in the place where you are. Um, I see uh, even revival in the farmlands, the Lord says. <laughs> I see God just, just moving in a tremendous way through your ministry, <laughs> even where you are, here, even in middle, middle America there. Um, I just see the <laughs> oil of God just flowing uh, from the ministry as well. My God, I see like uh, uh, tractors and uh, uh, farm equipment. I just see a barn. I almost see like a barn revival. Um, there's going to be a huge meeting at a barn, amen, and people are going to come from all over the region and be saved, amen, and be delivered, amen, hallelujah. So, God, I thank you, and I honor you, and I bless you for this great man of God, and I just speak prosperity spiritually and naturally over his life, and I thank you that he carries a heavy spirit of redemption on his life, amen, hallelujah, and, and God has called you um, to the believers and the unbelievers, amen, and God says even the abominable shall be saved under your ministry, even murderers, God says even whoremongers shall be delivered, God says even sorcerers and idolaters and people who lived uh, uh, lies, God says they shall also be delivered as well under your ministry, so we just thank God for you, and we honor you, and we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I, hey, Matthew, I guess that word means you got to come up here to little old farmland, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we got in this town. I'll just make sure I got you a tent, okay, buddy? Amen. Oh, God. Here I Matthew. am, Lord. 
Here I am, Lord, send me. That's all I can say. That's Here I am, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, while y'all are making your rounds, y'all better come to Georgia because you're not leaving me out of this loop. <laughs> what is amazing is – go ahead. Oh, no, I'll let you finish. Oh, well, just today has just been so amazing. It's just I can't even begin – to explain how amazing it was with going and being asked to come and pray over a church. Um, I went to go pray with them and the spirit moved in there and some things happened and people were healed. Like only 15, 15 people came through the door and the Lord had given me a word I shared with brother James, brother James, you remember the word I, I, I was sharing with yes. you about the well? Yes. Well, it was funny. I looked up to see how long does it take to dig a well, biblically, and it said it took 15 men 90 days, biblically, to dig a well. For And then I found this word that was written five years ago, but it's for right now, okay? And we go over, and and I, I just knew I had to share this word with this couple. But I want to speak this over all of you as well, Matthew. Lisi, Montel, James, because this is for everyone. And anybody that's listening that works in ministry, anybody that is out there in the highways and byways that's trying to, you know, that you feel like you're in the press. You're like, I really, I know that I'm supposed to be doing some, I, I just don't know what it is. Press into the Lord. Press into the Lord because over the next 90 days, God is going to do a work. He is going to do a work because he is opening up the ancient wells of revival. It is a time. It is a time for us all to be in a state of repentance. I could not believe. I could not believe. I looked at them. I shared this word with them, and I said, I'm telling you, 15 people are going to walk through this door. And, you know, by the time we left, 15 people had walked through the door. Not one less, not one more, 15 people. I said, 15 people it takes. We took communion, we prayed, and the Holy Spirit took over that place. They were falling out in laughter. They were falling out, getting healed. They're falling. And I'm telling you, God is doing something huge. He is getting ready to do something huge. We have to be in a state of repentance. Just meaning that, you know, you, you mentioned the book of Romans. We all fall short of the glory of God. But with what God is going to do, the date uh, that he gave me was 11-25-2020. So it's not 90 days from today. It was 90 days from two days ago. But 11-25-2020. Stay in a state of repentance. Really lean your ear into the bosom Listen to the Father's heart because he's going to give you so much information. Write it down. Make it plain because he's given you the blueprints for your next season. Amen. He's going to take you places that you have never even imagined. (laughs) That you never even thought were, you know, we always think, okay, well, that ain't even on my radar. And God said, don't matter what's on yours. It's on mine for you. I want to. I wanted to say real quick. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I just gotta say this because I'm just 
the brother that was just speaking over me or whatever, he don't know it. Yeah, Gene. You were reading my mail, man. You were reading my mail. I mean, definitely confirmation, man. I'm telling you, the stuff you were saying was spot on on things that are actually already planned. So the fact wow. that you don't even know if you said them, that's pretty powerful to me. Uh, I'll be honest with you, you know. I'm going to just be honest with you because I, I believe in being transparent and everything, you know. I'm very skeptical when people prophesy over me. And that's just me. Yeah. That's just how, I, how I've always been that way. But when you start reading my mail, I started listening a little bit harder. <laughs> I told you the Holy Spirit started speaking when I heard his voice. <laughs> Yeah, no. God has a way. Of, God has a way of doing stuff. <laughs> Amen. I know. I'm, I'm always like I'm not ignoring that nudging. I can't ignore the nudging. I've ignored the nudging times before, and you know, I don't do it for me. I do it because yeah. I care so much about other people, and I knew that the Lord wanted to share something with you, Matthew. And because I care about my brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't care if I never receive another prophetic word in my life. Amen. As long as I, as long as I can help others get to the point where they know, without a doubt, that God is in heaven and that he loves them and that Jesus yeah. is the way, the truth, and the life, and that it's sets them free, and that the people that are already doing ministry come together, and yes. that they get into the perfect place at the perfect time, so that the doors are open for them, without a struggle, I'm going to do. I'm not Amen. going to miss another time where I can help somebody else. I'm not going to miss another nudging to help someone else. And I knew that there was something that James had to say to you tonight, and I'm so glad. Amen. Amen. I'm just so grateful for this evening. We do have a caller on the line. We just have a few more minutes because we don't want to go over too, too much time because, you know, Montel is just an amazing woman of God. She does a lot of radio. And and um, if we go too much time, it takes away from other programs. So we don't we want to respect and honor that. But Montel, do you want to um, let the caller on? Yes. Caller with area code six two zero last four seven three three two. Welcome to Reaching Out Radio. Do you have a request or a comment this evening? Comment or question. It's Paula, and I just, I was just listening and praying and praising God. So when Pastor Wood says the barn and the motorcycle, I had to know, are you coming to Kansas? <laughs> and helping getting all these people free. Yeah. <laughs> because your, your heart sounds like I was, I sent um, Jennifer today a video of my mom and dad's old pastor and this guy had tats all over him and he was hurting so bad and he was just broken, you know, and it's yeah. just like, I have a friend of mine. So she was raised in a home where she had a Christian mom, stepmom and a Christian dad. 
and they beat Christianity into her. And they beat the horribleness of Christianity into her. That she turned completely away from God. And she's been friends, we've been friends for about six years now. And I keep thinking, you know, maybe I should just walk away from her. Maybe I shouldn't be friends with her, you know, because she doesn't live for God. But all I keep feeling in my heart is if I walk away from her, how is she going to know the love, the true love of Jesus Christ? And I heard that in your heart, that that's your cry so deep and so fierce. And I just wanted to ask, you want to come to Kansas and go motorcycle riding with my husband and me? <laughs> well, I want to say something funny about that, right? I literally just bought a motorcycle two months ago, and I never owned a motorcycle in my life. So I thought that was interesting wow. when he said the motorcycle thing. The Dayton thing was interesting because when I left my church, Elevate Albuquerque, they sent me out, and I, my heart is to start a church or a, 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 a something in Dayton. That's always been my heart, and I, it's only it's only like 50 minutes away from my house, so it's driving distance. So the fact wow. that you said motor that kind of was interesting because I was like, well, I just bought me a hog. Like, what the heck? I don't even have a license yet. I bought me a motorcycle. So wow. That was interesting to me, man. And as for going places, it's in my heart, man. I go wherever. And so if anybody wants me to ever come out and testify, I will go wherever. And I, and one thing about me is I just do love offerings. I don't care if it's $5 or $500. I know God's going to make it happen. So I know yeah. a lot of times um, when mm-hmm. you have people come out and speak, they have, you know, some kind of budget. For me, man, I just go. And you know what? I'm going to say this. Everywhere mm-hmm. I've went, I pay for my own plane ticket. I pay for everything myself. And God has always blessed me more than I put into it financially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Yes, God. Amen. So God bless you. I just wanted to bless you. I, I literally, guys, I was going to be real quiet and be good, but when he said motorcycle and barn, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we love you, Miss Paula. <laughs> we love you. We have our family on tonight. Matthew, we want you to know that we have our family on with us tonight. We love Miss Paula. We love Pastor Woods. We love his wife, Lily. And yeah. so you, we have our family on right now. Amen. So, and we consider Amen. you and your wife and your ministry. You are, we're all the pioneer family now. So Amen. you've been yeah. broken well tonight. So we are just, you know, what, it's, it's, you know, what's funny too, um, Matthew is that last year in October, we had a revival in a barn and one of the ministries that we do a lot of, Stuff with that come out whenever I put together events is the Christian Motorcycle Association, and they came out and they set up a tent. So right up the road from my house is a red barn where I have lots of friends that are in the Christian Motorcycle Association, and the gentleman that owns the barn has cabins on the property that he put every single minister that came last October. He put them up in the cabin. Oh, and, um, yeah, 
and it was it was awesome and 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 I hope that we'll be able to do something like that again soon. We'll see what God has in store. Um, Amen. But yeah, it's just it's just interesting how mm-hmm. all of that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. God is saying hello. It's time. But Amen. God yeah. put in a minute. Yeah. It, it wouldn't take me but seven days to put it together. Amen. <laughs> yeah. You know, something else. Something else. The brother said that was on time was about a tent revival in my area, and we actually are having a tent revival in a week and a half. Seven day tent revival. <laughs> We have ministers from all different denominations. We have a Methodist pastor. We have a Nazarene pastor, Pentecostal pastor coming from Columbus, as well as ourselves. And we have all kinds of pastors coming out, Baptist pastors, just giving them heaven. And we're showing yeah. unity, right? In the book of Acts, we were, all, we were all unified as one. So, you know, one of the things that really hurt my heart when I paroled, you know, I, didn't, I didn't have no uh, denominational or denominational uh, things taught into me. So all I had was the Bible in prison. So I just read the word. When I paroled, yeah. it's all these different denominations, and we don't want to work with them because they do it like this, and we don't work with them because they dress like that. And we don't work with them because they translation. I was like, where is that in the Bible? Like, I don't understand. When we get to heaven, you're going to be surprised who's up there if you believe like that. Because I'm telling you, you are, Baptists you are going to be the only Huh? Yeah, you are speaking my love language because it's the same thing that here that we did at the barn. Like you are seriously, mm-hmm. there's going to be a connection here, and I and I know that, and it's just that's what we did. We had um, a little choir of children from Haiti. We had a Pentecostal ba- uh, preacher. We had a Baptist preacher that had just got ordained as you know that was just coming in and, and put into his position at a Baptist church. We had a guy from a Holy Spirit church. We had a um, a guy from a church out in Rocky Mount that is, or not Rocky Mount, but out in Roanoke that was like from a church of God. So it was all different denominations, but we all came together for that seven week revival in the barn or seven day revival in the barn. So you, you speak my love language. I get it. In heaven, there's no denomination. God's not standing up there saying, come in, good and faithful Baptist. Right. Come on. There's no denomination. So, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited Me too. I'm excited for you. We talk about a, a revival, man. It's going to be a revolution. It's going to be powerful, man. I see it, man. God is doing some amazing things, and uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm humbled, first off, that he's going to use the fullest things of this world, me, to confound the wise. You know, I'm humbled, man. God is just amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, love you, brother. We're so proud of you. Uh, Even though I haven't met you officially, I know you. By way of the spirit, and um, I seriously just, uh, you know, contend with you for the great things of God in your life. Um, and I know that God is doing some some great things. And I just want you to be encouraged because um, there's, there's going to, you know, God's going to always get the glory. But even when, you know, the enemy tries to attack your heart or, you know, certain things happen, um, you're going to still keep going. And that is what is amazing testimony that I see is that you're not going to stop, but you're going to keep on going. 
And so I definitely honor you and I appreciate you so much. You're such an amazing vessel of love. I mean, you, you have the heart of Christ, and that is just beautiful. So so keep moving forward. And I'm telling you, these women of God is Jennifer and Lisi and people like Paula, these prayer warriors, uh, stay connected with them because they are on fire for God, and we honor them, and we love them so much. That's why whatever they ask us to do, we just do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's just an honor and blessing to to work with you And we hope that, you know, we can get you on some of the other things that we do as well Um, Always stay in contact, anything that you're doing, brother, just forward it to me I will, you know, proudly share it um, as your sister yeah, get it. Get your information over to Montel. She Montel lives in Illinois, so she's not that far Ooh. from you. So she just was like, "Send me the information about the tent revival because they may be able to come." You know, so that's the yeah. whole thing about Pioneer Ministries is we want to connect each other. We want to have this whole connection no matter where we go. And yeah, we're, we're in Michigan, so we're, we're yeah. Um, so yeah, Michigan. Yeah, that's a hop, skip, and a jump away. Illinois image, you know, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. Jennifer, we better get busy, girl. We better get that RV, sister, because it sounds like we're gonna need it. Well, they're they're coming. They're coming. God has already said that it will be, and I I choose to believe that, and I stand on that word that God gave me through Lily, which is um actually Pastor James's wife, and I will yes. I will I wrote that down and made that plain. He said that there'd be RVs, <laughs> there'd be trucks, there'd be, yeah. yeah. I sure yeah. did. I wrote it down and dated it, too, because I received that in the name of Jesus. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I do. Oh my God. I'm telling you, God is going to do something big. I know he's going to do something big. We just have to stay obedient and keep our hands to the plow. Don't look back. Don't ever look back. Just keep your hands to the plow. Keep our eyes focused on Jesus and keep Doing like Matthew Ooh. Allen says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, can I say something real quick? I know we have to go, um, but no, God just gave me a word for somebody. Totally. Lisey, I don't know if um, this is crazy. I don't think I've ever even met him, but your husband, the Lord just spoke to me about your husband. And the Lord says yeah. he is a professor in the spirit. And I, I saw him, like, with a graduation cap on um, and, like, a, you know, a robe when, like, people graduate. But God says, I am raising him up as one of my five-fold teachers. Hallelujah. The mantle of a teacher is upon him. And God said he's going to teach with increasing revelation and supernatural knowledge. And I don't know if he's done this ever before. Um, but I believe he's supposed to get a shofar, amen, and blow the shofar. And that mm-hmm. as he blows the shofar, something supernatural is going to come into the atmosphere, and it's going to be like just poured out. Uh, the 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 I literally see like the library of heaven, uh, like lean towards him and over him, 
and the library of heaven just like fall in his direction as he blows the shofar, and he's just going to teach on things that he knows that no other, there's no other way that he can know it by way of the Spirit, thus saith the Lord. So I just wanted to share that real quick. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm. I will pass that on to him because he is a teacher, um, not like physical. I'm not going to school or nothing, but he is a, that's one of his gifts, his teaching. So I'm going to let him know that, and we're going to order a shofar immediately. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I received that for him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So in closing out, I just want to thank everyone this evening for joining us. Thank you for joining us on Pioneering the Frontier. May God continue to guard you, guide you, and bless you in all you do as you keep your hands to the plow. And proclaim Jesus' name in a land wherever you go. Blessings to all of you and good night. Good night. Lord bless you guys. Good night. Good night.
Bye, boy.